Hemshech Chaim Beis, Volume 1, Chapter 74, Page Kufla Metches, 138. Place things into context. The Rebbe Rashab, in the continuing discussion, the ensuing discussion of the nature of transcendence, Makif, which began after the long discussion about imminence, Erpnimi, began discussing the effect of transcendence on our lives, on existence, the different levels of transcendence, going all the way to its root. So basically the nature of transcendence, that we call transcendence getting out of our system, is really the true nature of reality coming from the divine, which is not bound by any system. So when that manifests, whether it's on the highest levels of Erein Sof, that have no parameters at all, or on the level of the Ratzin, which is the level, as he called Baruch Sha'amar, or Racham uh, Eleinu in the Yetzer prayer. Whatever level we're talking about, it has its particular impact. They're all reflective of a divine reality that is beyond existence, that slowly stage by stage becomes more has a deeper and closer relationship to existence so the so if you start from the beginning of the ke'elam talking the yetzer is atmus is the field of energy which is obviously the beginning step of creating a a, a conscious existence or an existential existence as opposed to non-existential built in the nimtz of atmus then comes Racham Aleinu, is um, the Ratzin, the first desire that arises, the desire for existence. In the uh, Baruch Shamar, that's Baruch Shamar, Then comes Baruch Hu in Baruch Shamar, which is the confirmation, but the awareness of what is that desire is about, at least awareness to himself, all before the Tzimtzum, or this is called the Shir Atzme Bekeil, this is when the engraving takes place. That he imagines in his mind, imagines in his desire, he imagines and visions what will come. That is Baruch uh, and in, uh, in Yetzir, that is Adoinu Zenu. That already begins, as we says the language, that already begins to impact and give strength to the Pnimi. Because he's already thinking about the ten spheres, but it's still all, obviously, in the amorphous stage of the ten hidden spheres, which was discussed at length. Then comes the Tzimtzum. And come the three next levels, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, or Neshama, Ruach, Nefesh, I should say, Ak, Bria, Deklolos, the macrocosm of, of, of Bria, the macrocosm of Yitzira, and the macrocosm of Asiya, which is essentially Adam, Kadman, Akudim, and Atzilus. So what are the three expressions? So in Baruch Sha'amar, we go from Baruch Hu, we go to Baruch Oymer Va'oysa, that's Ak and Bria. In the Yetzer prayer, that's Adenu uh, Zenu, the next language is, uh, is um, Sur Yeshenu. That's the next step. Then comes Yitzira, Akudim. So in Baruch Sha'amar, it's Baruch Gezer Mekayim. We're already beginning to have a container. So Pnimi is becoming more and more emergence, emerging in the context of this transcendent. And then finally, and that's, and the Yetzir, that is, uh, what do we say? Tzur, tzur, uh, I said, Tzur Yeshenu, Mogin Ba'adeinu, that's Akudim, Mogin, 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 Mogin Yeshenu, I'm sorry. It's 
Shurim is Gavenu, Magin Yishenu, in the in the Yetzer prayer, and finally the fifth step the, uh, that's Ruach, or uh, in, right Ruach Akudim, and then comes the final step Atzilus, which is Asiya the Klolos, the Macrocosm Atzilus, and Baruch Shama, that's Baruch Eisubreishis, and in Yetzer that is Mizgav Ba'adeinu. So now the energies have entered into the containers. But this is still all the makif of each one. So the transcendence of each level is gets so-called a closer relationship, a closer commensuration, closer uh, proportion between the divine and existence. But it's still makif, so it has its impact that helps that particular dimension to elevate outside of its own structure. And just to sum up, so far we've discussed the effect of makif only up to Atzillus. We've not affected, this whole discussion, the last chapters that began in chapter 69, was all to explain the makifim after Atzillus. But to explain that, he went back, as is usually the custom, to how it is in the source. But all this is coming to explain 69, how all this comes down into the world below Atzillus. Now, in chapter 73, he began to say that these levels that we just spoke about, these five levels that are in the Baruch Shammar, and in Yetzir. In macrocosmic, they all are in Malchus of Atzillus. So in a sense, he spoke till now, he spoke about Malchus the Ensof, in the macrocosm. And there's Bria and Yetzir, Asiyah, the Klolos. Now he's explaining it all in Malchus. That's the beginning of the discussion that we're in the middle of. And I should add, if you really think about it, there's therefore ends up being really three interpretations. The one that is not cited here, but earlier in chapter 23, where Baruch Shamar is the Baruch Shamar is the level of Ak, as I discussed from the Siddur, the another interpretation. So you really have interpretation that comes from Malchus of Ainsof, uh, and it goes through those five levels. Baruch Shamar starts from the Rutz and all the way through Asiya de Kolos Atzilus. There's this the interpretation in the Siddur, which begins with Ak or Radlaw. You could say Kesser of Atzilus and works its way through Atzilus. And here he began explaining how this is all a Malchus of Atzillus. But to understand in the Malchus of Atzillus, he has to explain what Malchus is. So in chapter 20, 73, we discussed that Malchus, because not safe in Betchilos, in the beginning is wedged in the end, Malchus has in it the nature of Keser, the power of Atmos, to create. Whereas Chochmah and Bina don't have that power. Chochmah, even though it's the beginning of the whole structure, the beginning of the cosmic order, and it is an element of ayin compared to yesh. At length, he explained how it's ultimately still ill They still they still have a relationship to each other, and he explained the difference. There's the seichel the, from the perspective of wisdom, of seichel of intelligence. Yes, the park, the spark, the point of chokhmah is um, very close to bina. Bina comes from there. When you speak about their actual differences, they both have different sources in the koyach hamaskel and the unconscious power to conceive and to understand wisdom and um, and, the, and and even from the point of view of the of, of Chachma being Riyah, the Nukudah, that is an ayin, that is like seeing something, or as he says Hanokha, a conviction, even there there's a relationship between the conviction and the intelligence, it's one or two ways, even if it's concealed it's still there is a connection because of the other point, because of the Seichel of it or there's a second approach that says that the conviction is, as he says, there's another way to look at it. Um, and that's through the, that the, the actual comprehension in Bina 
comes from that conviction. So though you may never fully understand the conviction, but it still has a relationship. It's not like Yeshayin, where the physical existence comes from something that is uh, completely spiritual. So here you have the, actually a relationship between Chachma and Bina. But the key to all of this is to focus on that Malchus, on the other hand, which is the last of the ten spheres, does not function that same way when it relates to the worlds below it. So the ten spheres are Ishtalshlus that go in a certain gradation and order. Um, as we discussed earlier, the, the whole level of imminence, where there is a uh, order, there's a function, there's structure, there's Maila Mata, there's higher and lower, a hierarchy. And Malchus, on the other hand, as he concludes the end of the chapter in 73, has the power of Einsef. There's the power of um, to create, <coughs> which comes from Keser, and all the way up, as he says in the root, from Atmos itself. Like he said, only Atmos has the power to create. Malchus carries that power. So all this is coming is still in the middle of explaining. He's coming to come explain how the five levels exist within Malchus. But he has to continue explaining what Malchus is. That's where we continue chapter 74, on page 138. So chapter 74. And this is, the beginning is wedged in the end. What does Tchila refer to? When we say the beginning is wedged in the end, Tchila refers to which is the, the first that precedes every precedes all the preced, all the precedents. What does this mean? Well, precedes all the precedents. So, simply put, if you recall earlier in the Maimur Sheftim where he began, he said Erein Sof means it's Ein Sof, but it has a tchila, has a beginning. Where he brings from the Rameh that there are many things that could have an Ein Sof element in them, but they have a beginning, they have a source. There he was talking about whether it's uh, Ein Sof or Ratzin, Ein Sof ultimately, Erein Sof. So there are many things, that God wanted them to have a certain type of eternity. Once they exist, they have a certain kadmus to them. As he discussed then, the tzva shamayim, the celestial bodies, are, are, have a certain element of eternity to them. Anitzchi is to them. But they have a tchila, they have a beginning. And same thing with Eri and Sof. So basically saying that kadm l'cholak that anything that was, that, that he's, the begin, he's the source of all the everything that has a Kadman element to them, he's the source of it all. So no matter how early they are, when you say Ein Sof, means the beginning of all beginnings. Because <clears throat> he has no beginning, has no end, no conclusion. That's why I say he's interpreting because he's trying to explain the word Tchilosan. Woman's Tchilosan So Tchilosan can mean any beginning. You know, when you say the beginning is wedged in the end, it doesn't mean necessarily the first beginning of it all. It means the beginning of any process is what is in the end. Like Seif Maiseb and But here he wants to interpret Tchila and the ultimate Tchila. What's the ultimate beginner? Is the first, where does it all begin? That's Ein Seif Kadmin, Chalak Dumin, similar to what he spoke about before Elikei Elam, which is of course the relevance here. So he's interpreting this in the context of the ultimate Kadmin, Tchila. Masha Anu Kairn Tchila. And what we call him Tchila, beginning, ain't zeh shu b'chinus Tchila v'reishis la'giluyim v'advarim shu nesavu. 
This doesn't mean he's a source. Remember earlier he was emphasizing strongly it's not a mucker. You can't call it a source. It just comes from there, but you can't call it a source. Because the source implies, like the sun is a source of sunlight. It implies a relationship, a connection, or some type of commensurate relationship. So what we call him, because it's the beginning of the and the start of the revelations of and the things that emerge or come into being. The meaning here means that he's the beginning of it all. The source of it all. Not as a source as saying that he is like the beginning of a process. Like you say, you know, a process, here's the end of the process, here's the beginning of the process. No, the whole process is completely uh, overshadowed by the essence. It's not in the same league. So what do we mean by tchila? We mean tchila sakol. Meaning that he's the beginning. It's like, like he's called Sibar Hashem, the first cause. And then the parentheses, he qualifies. This too does not mean cause and effect. Even distance cause and effect. As we discussed earlier, Atmos is a complete reality of its own that is completely un- unaffiliated, untouched, unaffected by anything. However, you cannot say he's not the source because we have to say where does it come from? It originates from there. So the point here is that it originates, but not in the context of how we understand origination, which is that the, that the source and the result have some distant or some some common denominator. That's not how it is here. Like the Rambam writes right in the beginning, the Rambam writes, Maimonides, the Bamitis, the Mamitis, he From the truth of his being, from his existence, Nimtsuk, Come, come, or emerge, or come into existence. All existence, all creatures, everything that exists, actually. Okay. Now that we've established what tchila is, amitisi You're talking about the beginning of it all. That's the tchila. So where's that wedged? Now he goes on. So what is the meaning that this beginning, this etzem, this kadmel lechalk dumen, this First cause for everything is wedged. What does this mean? What is the meaning of the wedging then? Who besaved Afke? That the purpose of this wedging, of the beginning, is in the end. Specifically in the end. Because in Malchus there's the power of Atmos. Because the level of Malchus is rooted in Atmus. That's the meaning when you say Melech Yochid. Only he's a king, a king alone. What does that mean? The Malchus is Yochid. So you say Melech Yochid. So the literal meaning is that he's a singular, a unique, individual king. But what he's saying here, this is the level of Malchus, the way it's encompassed in the source and the root, and the level of Yachid. So we see from this that Melech Yachid means Malchus is rooted in at, in the Etzem, in Yachid. This is also the meaning of Amelech HaKadosh. Remember this is a Rosh Hashanah Maimer. So obviously he's referring to the discussion of Malchus is very applicable, very relevant. And he's using verses from uh, the, the prayers that we say, Melech Yochid. Now he says, Amelech HaKodesh. So what's Amelech HaKodesh? The king, the holy, Amelech, the holy one. 
Shekadosh is moved to the Malchus, Melech, is completely Kaddish, comes from the word separate from, fundamentally separate. Valzeh Emer, and on this we say, Adene Elam, Hashem Allah, Beterem Kol Yitzur Nivra. Adene Elam, Master of the Universe, Hashem Allah, the one who reigns, Beterem Kol, before anything, Beterem Kol Yitzur Nivra, before anything, before anything was shaped, any creature was shaped. What does this mean? So he's going to explain this Malchus, this is to all prove that Malchus is in a category and league of its own, together with Atmus, rooted in Atmus. Which, by the way, we discussed earlier, if you recall, we actually had a question there, how he'd explained it. I don't remember where it was, but it'd be good to see and compare. So, bottom line, He's saying, so you have here the concept of Malchus before it's related. That's the Beterem Kol. It means a king without a nation. He doesn't need a nation. He doesn't need anything. Everything needs him. Everything is dependent on him. And he's not dependent on anything. And he does not need anything. So this is this essential level of Malchus. As it's rooted in the essence that it's completely apart from all the spheres. This is all making a case that Malchus is the carrier of the Kayach Atmos. That's the key here. I'll explain this more as we go along, what this means. But the bottom line is, obviously all this is coming to explain how the five levels of, of uh, or the other levels, of the Elam, Racha, Brachamecha, Rabim, all trans- travel through Malchus. We shall soon discuss this more. Do you remember what that Dein Elam was? Remember the bottom of a page on this side here. We stopped there also because it was a little. He said something. He said even though it says Adain Elam, that there's a Malchus before that has no connection with existence. He asked a question. Oh, here we go. I found it. Bottom of page eighty. I just wanted to do a comparison. Bottom of page eighty, chapter forty-six. So he's talking there about, um, that's actually where he began talking about transcendence and imminence. I just want to see if there's a connection or there's no connection. <clears throat> Transdimensional? Translate, what word is that exactly? A good translation of what word? Transdimensional? Transdimensional means many dimensions at once. So what would that be? What did it use to translate? Was it a Hebrew word? No, it wasn't Hebrew. Oh. Okay, we have to f- we'll fit it in somewhere. Fine. Transdimensional to me is more stickle, something that's a higher dimension of something that uh, that's not tra- transdimensional is not is higher dimension? Yeah. Transdimensional is usually many when you say trans transdenominational. No, trans is usually a combination of several. It's not beyond. No, when you say beyond, you usually talk about supra, like supra trans. You know, super rational. Okay, whatever. I can hear you. I think trans is, is means. You say trans is a multiple, multiple. Okay. Um, so what did he say back there in chapter forty-six? Let's see. 
So there he speaks that the whole um, right exactly. <coughs> Yeah. That existence, that the whole sphere is there, he speaks like that. Without the worlds, there would be no need. Yeah, that was a very interesting chapter. There'd be no need for um, the spheres altogether. That's what he says. And the then he goes. Actually, Okay, it's important to know this because it's a, right now we're talking Malchus obviously as it's connected to Atmos and beyond everything. And before we continue on, I think he's going to explain it, but still I want to just say it because this is a, also this source of confusion many people, including myself, when you learn this for the first time. You know, this whole focus on Malchus, it's also really to understand um, Rosh Hashanah, Melech Malchus, Tamdachuni Aleichem. Hmm? Yeah, is like this. You know, as we say, we blow shayfer kadesh tam lechuni alechem. They should reign over us. And um, you know, when the czar was overthrown in Russia, the chassidim cried. Some chassidim cried because they said we're now losing a marshal chassidus. Now I understand why they cried because we have no clue what this marshal is. You know, who relates to the king? By us, the king is is is. is uh, Charles in England, and you know, just the whole corrupt. But clearly, Machusa da Arakeh, Machusa da Rakia, and we see that of Allah also. Even even the worst kings for us, there's still an element that they have power from above, and they're similar to above. So the idea of kingship, you know, which in history was a big force, in the last two centuries it's not. You know, once the monarchs all fell, we don't find any. We don't have examples of it anymore. No, imperialism and imperial presidents or something like that. But the concept and the muscle that you find so often in the in Medrash, you say Moshal Mahadavadema Lamelach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean it's for a Western person it's mostly a complete like you know, a fairy tale. And also we look down at it because we see kings as being people who had absolute authority and they did whatever they wished. And, and so on. So it's not something that's frowned upon, really, in our times. I'm only saying it because there is an element, because the Medrash, you find constantly, you know, you think about it, is Melech the best example you would give to someone? You have to give an example of something that they relate to. We don't even relate to a Melech. But since the Marshal is brought, and it's part of Torah, so what I have to say is that Malchus is a... Uh, I use the word when I explain it psychologically in emotions as dignity. Dignity. That every one of us has a sense of dignity. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Also, that's also pretty weak in most people's minds. But the idea. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. If you, look, you want to really understand Malchus, you have to read Mitzvah's Minya Melech and Darchim Tzasech. Where he asked the classic question, you know, what, why, why was Shmuel upset at the Jews when they asked for a Melech? It says, it says uh, it's a mitzvah of the Torah. And yet Shmuel said, what do you need a melech? You have God. 
And then when they insisted, finally Hashem said to him, give them a melech, that's when they appointed melech shal. Um, so the question he asked there, which is from the Alter Rebbe actually, what, so what bothered him? It was a mitzvah. And then he finally relented. The answer is because he sensed that they don't want a melech for what the Torah says. They want a melech for their own pride and nationalism. Other uh, nations have a melech. They also have a melech. The real meaning of melech, sometimes a melech, a melech in the Torah, is not just an authority, some type of figurehead that tells you what to do and you feel proud. He's wealthy and he's rich and he's a lot of horses and so on. Um, it's that he's a bitl. That's what he says there. That the melech, because human beings are consumed with their lives, you need a melech that reminds us and that, that's why David is the ultimate symbol of Malchus, Bittl. Uh, as he said, in De Mamti, that Malchus is Bittl. So the Melech is really completely bottled to God, to God. And that is a symbol for us, a role model of creating Bittl in our lives. Like it's the exact opposite. That's what Shmuel said. They didn't want it for Bittl, they wanted it for Yeshus, for arrogance. So the point I'm making here is just to bring it back the Malchus becomes a very key component, even though it's a very complex... You know, we all relate to Chesed much more than Malchus. Chesed, Chachma, Bina. Malchus, what is Malchus exactly? You know, on one hand we say, has nothing of its own. We say in the Mishnah, we say, you have Keser Malchus, you have Keser Teira, you have Keser Kuhuna, Keser Shem Tav El Al Gabayan. You have, what is Malchus exactly? You see it constantly, you say, Malka Malka Rabbanan, you say the Eden. Mamlechus Kainim Vigay Kaddish. Again, Malchus. The Rebbe brings off, you know, there's the Reddish word, B'nai Malachim Heim, or Malachim Heim. So obviously, it's a symbol of kingship. It's a symbol of of uh, royalty. You say, Bas, Kvudah Bas Melech Prima. When we sit by the Seder and you eat and you're reclined, it's supposed to be Zadarech Malchus. The point making here is that Malchus, relevant to us in our Veda and in our personal lives, is number one that it's completely doesn't have anything of its own, symbol of the moon, bittel, but as a result of that it has everything, because it channels all the spheres in it and it has the power to give us something that is greater than all the nine midas. In real Aveda would mean if a person had chokhma bin adas, chesed gvor tefes netzachay yisrael, you think hey perfect human being, you don't have malchus besides the fact you're lacking humility, but you're also lacking dignity. You're lacking what I would call a sense of your own value. Value, in a good way. I don't mean an arrogant way. You have value. And you see today, for example, especially when you read the, the, the Rizal, she speaks about Tishabov, and he speaks about Tubov. He says, what's Tishabov? He says, Yeridah Samalchus Ploy Ployim, Pela Ployim. Chassidus brings it. In Malchus, the destruction was Malchus. What's Malchus? When you say, for example, Amalek separates between Hashem and Kei Sudke. Between his mafrid. His mafrid, his mafrid, says, Ena kise shalom. Till you, why? Why is God's throne not complete till you erase a mullik? Because a mullik is the antithesis of dignity. He demoralizes, he breaks, he's chutzpah. You know? So basically, malchus is a sense of dignity. Today it's actually very relevant. I use it very often in context of many people, children growing up in homes or environments, and most of it, you feel dignified. You know, when a person is abused, Especially by someone close, your dignity is destroyed. That's Tishabov in the first worst sense of the word of it. You know, there's no the, the elokus in somebody has been defiled, has been violated, and that's one of the worst crimes possible because you're defiling the God, the divine image. 
That is not Chochmah, that's not Bina. Chochmah, Bina are faculties. You need that for a full Kemeshlema. You need to have wisdom. But Malchus is a sense of value. First of all, I'm talking personal on a personal level. I saw in the I remember when I was doing the book on Svirus Amos, I was looking, you know, the Midas. He's saying that by, by Svirus Amos, it's Zion Midas. What's the Bir Hamidah of Malchus? What's the Midah exactly? The other Midas are easier. Even the lower Midas are generally harder to understand than the first ones. But Malchus is, was, was very hard. What's Malchus? So in the Maimonim, on Svirus Amos, it says Malchus is Dibur. Malchus is Dibur, because you're already speaking of it. But Dibur is not a Midah. Dibur is a faculty. Malchus has many things in it. So I finally found the Maimon from the Alter Rebbe. Malchus, he says, is Midas Haisnasus. That's what he calls it. It's the Midah of Haisnasus. The Midah of called dignity, exaltation. But it really means a, a, a sense of value. Self-worth. Yeah, self-worth, self-confidence. So in that sense, it make, takes on a whole different type of meaning. So Malchus is a very paradoxical thing. Because confidence and self-worth, someone say, what is that? Well, you know something? Have Chachmah through Yisod, and you have no self-worth. You, 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 don't, you don't feel very good. You don't feel complete. So, so it's, it's exactly that. Less Lamagar Malchum doesn't really have anything on its own, but without it, you don't have a life. When a mother and a father love their child unconditionally, they give that child a sense of value. You are important. Now, use your mind and your heart and your emotions and make an amidus. Then you use it with a different type of passion. You don't have that. What, 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 it's like having tools without value. Anyway, I want to just bring it back here. What is it, however, in Ruchnius? And that's what we're discussing here. Malchus plays a critical role in a different context here. Like, what is the context? Chochmah and Bina as is the beginning of the process. If you talk about how does the, from the desire of God to want existence, as we learned, what does it go? Erein Sof is a field of energy. Then there's a Ratzin Poshet. He wants a home. He wants a world. That's more, maybe better, not say a home. He wants a world. The premise of the Ratzin is because he wants a home. But in order to want a home, you need to want a world. So there's now a desire for a building. What we would call a structure. That we said is not yet enough because that's still amorphous. It still um, does not have, he's, even to himself, he's not really aware of the details of that. Then comes Gili La'atzmei. Shir Atzmei, what is that, ten spheres? Obviously, we're not talking about spheres in any way that tangible, clear. But some way in God, God, God's power to, to create details. You could say God's ability to, to create details. It's all on that level of Lifnat Simpsum. He said the whole Lifnat Simpsum, in a way, is like Eirein Sof. In the in Lifnat Simpsum Gufa, the Eirein Sof that we talk about, Rachamach Harabim, is compared to after the symptom, the whole before the symptom is that. And you see this now, especially in these chapters, because he's drawing it all down to Malchus. Now he's going down the other way. So compared to where we are, this goes back to what I said, that a real, in real contemplation, you have to really be able to relate first to Asir Ruchnis, and then Yitzir Ruchnis. Here, the Rebbe Rashab obviously began first with the big picture, but he's bringing it back down to the small picture. So the small picture is in Atzilus. And for all practical purposes now, everything lifting at symptom is like, think of it like the Eirein Sof, if you, if you dissect the Tzimtzum itself, you're going to find it, like we said, on the other side of the curtain. Like everything has a source. But the point is, Rotson does not yet have the... Then you have the Esosphere Sagnusus. So now you have the beginnings of a structure. Now, of course, we'll need a Tzimtzum, an Ak, let's, move, let's fast forward to Atsilis now. Atsilis, the same thing plays itself out. Kessler of Atsilis. Remember, Atsilis is Atsilis the Clolus. 
is what is Eren Sof Lifnei Atzimtzum. Atzil is the close is actually the lowest levels. If you talk, remember, it said Atzil is the close is actually Racham Aleinu. The Shir Atzmi B'Kayach. That's Atzil is the close. So what would be Kesar of Atzil is the close? That's Eren Sof. Or even... Right. And Radla, the Primi Saratzim would be even higher than that. Right? Good. So now, in the microcosm, the same thing. Atzilus is, the, 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 instead of ten hidden spheres, now it's ten spheres. Kesar of Atzilus is the Ratzin of that. And beyond Kesar would be the, the level that's even, the, we'd call Radla. Or the level of Atik. But the point is, it's now just, just transfer everything. But remember, we're not talking about the same level. We're talking about similar it's simpler five levels, but it's completely different. Now, now we're talking in a reality that's after Ak, and it's in existence. It's still spiritual, but it's in existence. It's not in the divine um, concept of it. It's now in our reality, however, in the most refined part of our reality. So if you want to have for the, you know, when we talk about, just uh, we talked about the apple, envisioning the apple, think of it this way. You see a physical apple, that's Asiya Gashmis, or Chumris. You envision it with your mind is asir ruchnius, and if you can abstract, you can go and say, okay, there's the image of the the apple in my mind. There's the image of the image, a little higher, image of the image of the image, all the way tatzilus. When you talk lifni atzimtzum, you're talking about the image of it all in God's mind, not in our mind. So I'm just, you know, this. So if you if you really want to climb the ladder, that's how you have to work. You begin with your physical reality. You work toward getting to a more, like, what's the root of it? You get to the root of it, that's what we say, the Ovis. They reach the root of Sheresh and Evrayim. They were able to reach with your mind as much as, but you can't, not, you can't reach God's mind. Lifnet Simpson is God's perspective. It's really a difference like Das Elyon and Das Tachten, if you wish. But everything that exists in the Das Tachten exists in Das Elyon, but it's God thinking about it instead of us thinking about it. That, right, that type of thing, yeah. Right. Right, 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 right. Now, let's go back now. So the structure now of Atsilus is like the Esosphere of Sagnusus. Now, what's the role of Malchus? So let's go back to Malchus of Ein Seif. What is Malchus' role up there? Malchus of Ein Seif takes the Rotsen, which now has become Shir Atzmei B'Kayach. He's envisioned it in a structure. You know, right? The allocation, the, 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 imagine, the, the estimation, or whatever we call it. And the lowest is Malchus, the Ensef, we say, is going to become, that's where the Tzimtzum is going to take place. And there's going to be, the Malchus, the Ensef, is going to become, surround, become the Eagle HaGadol, which in turn will send a Kav into existence to create. That's exactly the same role of Malchus of Atzilus. Except it's not with the Tzimtzum Harishan, obviously, because the Tzimtzum Harishan is a one-time thing on that level. Okay? Because Simpson Rishon takes the divine reality and allows for an independent reality. Now we're talking in this independent reality, it's still all Elokus. Atzilus is Elokus. So Atzilus is exactly the, the, the type of reality, Lifni at Simpson, that is completely there. It's not even, you can't even call it a consciousness. There, it's, it does divine power. Now, after the Simpson, you're calling it divine consciousness. Now you're talking about a divine consciousness that's an independent, but it's still divine. Atzilus is Atzilus is basically existence in its purest form, but it's an existence. It's an elam. Living at Simpson, you cannot call an elam. You can't call it a world. You can't call it a dimension. You can call it behind the curtain, the root of everything that comes later. Or whether you call it root or source, is also, uh, you know. 
But now we're talking in existence, Atzillus is the perfect existence. It's exactly the way God visions, but it's, it's a Tzalem Elikim. It's what he said, that God created a structure, a divine structure. What's Malchus of Atzillus? So Malchus of Atzillus is what carries the power of Atmos now. The Ratzon for the worlds is, is already the process. You begin with the desire for the worlds. The Chochma and Bina is how you create the worlds. Remember he spoke about Chochma Bina. He said that, that um, there was that chapter where he spoke about um, the Zreik, when you throw, when he throws the, the heaven. So he says throwing is just Maisa. But then with the application of your mind in it, each part of the world has its own part of God's mind. So Chochma Bina, as I said before, is the so-called instruments or the, the tools of creation. And Malchus is the actual force that carries creation into the next world. So I just wanted to explain that. So this Malchus is rooted in Atmos and Keser and all the way to the Kayach Atmos. So all this is what he's explained now is, so let's go again, sum it up. Not Tchilos and Besefen, what Tchila? The ultimate Tchila. See, not Tchilos and Besefen, generally speaking, you don't always have to say it's the ultimate Tchila. You could say every, any, anything, any, you, wanna, you want something. In the beginning of the process, the end, the beginning is wedged in the end. You want the end product, not the... But here he's being medayik and saying, emphasizing Tchila means the ultimate Tchila. Tchila is Kadmel Cholak Dumin, that has no beginning and no end. And the only reason you call it Chila, not because he's the beginning of the process, God forbid, but he's the beginning of it all, the first cause, and not even as a cause, the Rambam. I'm just summing it up. And what's the Kavonis in the Itzasas Chala? And what is the purpose of the wedging of the beginning? That's in Sof, that's in Malchus. Because Malchus is Kech Atzmus. And he brought the proofs, the different things, Melech Yochit, Melech HaKodesh, and now, Adenei Lom Hashem Malach B'Terem Kol. What's Adenei B'Terem Kol? Isn't Malchus part of the structure? Malchus is the last of the ten spheres. No. Malchus is rooted in the place beyond. If you remember, just to, again, grounded a bit, at the end of the last Mimer, chapter 71, when he spoke about our, the, the awakening, the Malchus in Hashem, awakening Rosh Hashanah, awakening the desire for existence, if you remember, and this is a very, very important point, Actually clarify something that I always was confused by. What do we do, Rosh Hashanah? Are we awakening the desire for existence or awakening the desire for Malucha? The answer is we're awakening the desire for Malucha. Because existence, as we said, always has going to have minimal energy, but it's going to be a comatose state. Bye, bye. But, but like you said, this is the Tchilas Masecha. This is back to the Kavana. Why did God want a world? If you want to awaken God's desire for existence, you have to awaken... Why did he want existence? Let's say you go to an architect who says, you know what, I'll keep on giving a little energy to keep, I'll keep on giving money to keep your house in place, but you're going to get very little. Low maintenance, you know. You say, how can I get you to give more? You know, how can I get you to infuse the building with more vitality? He says, if you can awaken to me, you know, I don't think you're doing what I want you to do. I build the house for a purpose. I build the house that you use it and build something constructive and you would bring godliness into it. You're not doing that. I mean, landlord. Huh? Landlord. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So I'm not going to destroy it because I made a promise. You know, this is my world. Like he said with Noyach, he made a promise. God's going to keep the world. And also he always has hope. But you're not going to get a lot of energy. You're going to get a very, you're going to get, uh, you'll just have light, 
you know, Khaned, the electricity was going to come very minimal. So you say, Rosh Hashanah, we go back and say to God, listen, we want you to remember we are going to fulfill our, our covenant. Like he says, the Shamas come and bring light into this world. We're recommitting to the mission. The not, what your, your real kavon, the primius rots, not the building itself. And therefore, Zikaron the Yemenishan, like he says, Zikaron, which is only Zikaron, we actually reawaken. God says, okay, if that's the case, I shall rejuvenate even existence itself. That's the real meaning of Rosh Hashanah. Because I always, you know, you always think, you think, okay, so we don't see the world disappearing, but somewhere it's all disappearing and we bring it back. Why would God want to recreate the world just for what purpose? There's a reason behind it. So that's really what Rosh Hashanah is about. So here too, we're saying Malchus is just emphasizing that Malchus is not how God creates. If you want a rejuvenation of Chochma Bin Adas, you need to rejuvenate the Ratzon from Malucha. Meaning here, you need to read Betadam Kol. You need to go back to the place where it all began. No, you have to go back to the engineering room where Nisava Kodesh Baruch Hu started. Nisava, he wanted us to change this world. He wanted to bring, uh, bring Mashiach, wanted the world to be transformed. That's why there's existence. That awakened the Ratzon for existence. But don't ever think existence is an end in itself. Remember, we were talking very much about why do we have to say the world is Yeshmayin? Why don't you just say the world is also Gilead Helam from Atmos? Because then the problem is the world will worship itself. Then, then, then you know what? I'm also a shtickle god. The whole point is the world is a means. You need to know that it's not the end. You know, like I said before, but also about the neshama. The neshama has to, even when the neshama comes down here because it knows it's the kavona, it never can be at peace with this world. If it's at peace, it loses the whole purpose. It's to be here and not be at peace, to be restless. But this is the place. So you always have this, uh, this tug of war, this battle. Are you immersed or you're not immersed? You know? Obviously, we, we have two types. You either ignore the world or you become completely immersed. Hey, this we don't need to be reminded of. The world is uh, busy with its own mysis. Simpson Hadishan is very effective. Right? Okay. Now, I'm just, I just wanted to. Because it becomes very technical. Malchus. This. So Malchus is rooted in that place. So in other words, if you ask Atzilus, Chochma bin Adas, tell me, where do you come from? I come from Kesed. Um, I'm here to create an existence. I'm dedicated to God's plan. But they can't tell you as much as Malchus can, why are you here? And Malchus will say, we're here to make uh, to bring uh, to bring Gili Yalakus in Velt. Obviously, Chachm Bin and everything, they all know that too. But we're talking about who's the carrier of the Atmos message, of the source, the source code. Ah, the source code, that's Malchus. Good. Just like the Esosphiris, Agnuzis, remember we spoke so much about Esosphiris, Agnuzis, is Lachayr Elayelmas. Their Kavana is the world. Because you don't need ten spheres for God's Kavana. You need ten spheres because you want to have a structure of existence because God wants to deal with if you recall that. So it's a constant paradox here too, because remember, Eden Sof, which is completely bottle and only there to be an agent of the divine, doesn't have the spheres. So in other words, Dira compels the spheres. On the other hand, the spheres are much closer to existence and the structure of existence. The spheres are like the, the instruments, the, the paint I was talking about, the artist. It's, connect, it's divinely oriented, but it's still the, the tools. So this is Kavanah Satsmus in, in Malchus.
just on the technical terms, I mean, it, the carbon bypasses all the all the other. Uh, I mean, I know in the chart, Malchus in the middle. Let's put it this way. If you only had Malchus and take away the spheres, number one, we'd have no Seichel and no Midas. Remember. So it would be like, like I said, with Yesh Amit, Yesh Anivre. We would have, we'd exist. We maybe even have self-confidence because we exist, but that's it. You would have no way to connect to God, the Giluim, at all. You wouldn't be able to learn because you need it. So it's, it's they, they, and they serve each other. Remember, and the, and remember, the Kayach Malchus will someplace learn comes through the spheres. Remember, who teaches Malchus? But Malchus is Mushrish and Atzmus, but it gets everything it gets from the Giluim. Or or the other way around. However you wish, it can go both ways. <laughs> so so remember, it comes down to this: if you want to speak in Aveda, Malchus is Kabbalah sale. As simple as that. Malchus is mitzvahs, ma'isa mitzvahs, kabolah sel malchus. Kabolah sel malchus shemaim. And Aveda is chokhmah binadas and so on. And you need both. I mean, there's no way around it. There's, there's, each has its smile. I mean, it's a beautiful structure when you think at the end of how it works. Remember, even Teda is megal the power of tshuva. Even Teda tells us what mitzvahs are. But you're not even getting into the whole idea of the He's not, not, I wouldn't go there right now because he's not talking here. You see, he wants to. I mean, the, the focus here is to get to understand everything that the levels. Remember, the real focus is is the power of is, is the interface, the transform, the, how transcendence makif affects primi, and now he's just bringing it down to the lower worlds. He wants to really finish the subject of transcendence. That's really the focus here. It's very Malchus has many, many, many uh, roles. Here, right now, is really the role of carrying the Kayach Atzmas. So it goes now like this. Okay. That element of Malchus. Almost like type of thing. Ah, remember I said the word Isnasus? Yeah. So what is Malchus? Isnasus. What is it in so called in Hergish or Naveda? It's level that not relative, not like you know that Semach Tzedek when the guy was breaking yachatz by the say that he was breaking the big matzah, the small matzah, so he was measuring, you know, which is bigger. So Semach Tzedek said, "Agodl was medafa mestin is ishkin godl." So there's people who are great and very exalted relative to other people. As a matter of fact, some people actually like to hang around inferior people, makes them feel uh, special, the, the, like the classic. Uh, the classic um, uh, riddle: the king of the fools. Avram, I need you. I need your wisdom here. The king of the fools is a greater fool than all the fools, or a, sm- or, or a smaller fool. <laughs> so if he's a king of fools, so he should be the greatest fool. That's why he's the king of fools. Or you could say, if it's this nasusatzmi. That's the way it is. If it's not, <laughs> so then he's a smaller fool and he's smart enough to be the king because they're, they're bigger fools than him. But we'll never resolve this. We have to ask a fool this question. Is it Tolia Machlekes B'Sham in Hill or is it maybe still somewhere? So it's not Satsmi. What's it's not Satsmi? He's talking about it's not Satsmi that he says Melech Beloy Am. 
Later in the Maimorim in Hamshachayim Beis, in the end, he's going to talk a lot about Isnasasatsmi, about Teyu and Tikkun. But briefly, just put it this way this is a, it's not Isnasas that is relative to something else, it's Isnasas on its own. It's just fundamentally beyond everything. It doesn't need others to be greater. It's, yeah, in this context. This is a Atzmas. Yeah, yeah. Remember, real Atzmas doesn't have its Nasus altogether. Snasus itself is already a sad description. But, fine. By the way, this can also be used as a good example in all the levels we're talking about. When we say, I explained it the other day as being the difference between like the, the archetype of something, how it is in its purest form, as opposed to how it's, in its expression. But you could also say, Etzim and Ispashtus, like here, Hasnas and Sasme, is what is it like if there's nothing else that exists? Generally speaking, something that is not Atzmi is defined by its proximity and juxtaposition to other things. Something that's an Atzmi does not. It's just defined by itself. It's almost like a Mitsusim Atzmuse type of thing. Not exactly, but it's defined by its own reality. It's not defined by. Like when we talk, for example, Adira, we say Dira Latzmusei. So one of the things that the Rebbe emphasizes is that Nadira, the etzem is begoli. Yeah, why? Because when you go outside, we all put on our garments, begashmis and beruchnis, and and we put up right. And each person you deal with is, you know, this person I speak to this way, this one that way. We all have our masks, and the uniforms we wear in every situation. You come home, a healthy home, is a place where you just kick, kick it all off. I'm just me. I don't have to answer to anyone. Just, you know, some people don't feel that way in their homes either. So you have to resort to the shower. Huh? And you, you resort to the shower. In the shower, somebody can suddenly meet them all. You can start singing. You can behave in ways that, you know, they never, ever let anyone else see. Sometimes not even our spouses. So it's like... That's a, what comes out from that is Ananda Shaila. That's another story. But we could put it this way the Levushim are not there. Uh, so, you know, you're, it's a type of like just kicking off your shoes and being yourself. Uh, like, you know, obviously, Nichnesian Yotza said, so it depends what's inside. If you drink wine and, you know, full Marishkaiten comes out. Uh, and sometimes someone has what they have inside, so of course, deeper things come out. Um, the point I'm making here is that, that that we live in such a world of Levushim that's hard to be, even talk about. What, are we, would we, what would we be like if there were no expectations, no responsibilities? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's God. But how would we, what would we be like? It's almost impossible to imagine because also, even if we can imagine now, we're also shaped by years and years of, of, of uh, conditioning and programming, training. Our parents, society, culture. Whenever I, I talk about lech lecha, what's the ultimate lech lecha? That you leave, you leave all those forces that have shaped us. And that, that's where you find the edits, who you really are. I'm just trying to show with this again how little we know about our etzim. Most people, you ask them who they are, they'll tell you, they'll give you their business card. That's what you do. It's not who you are. It's, most people do what they, they, actually what they do is not who they are. It's actually opposite of sometimes not opposite, but definitely different. The point is who you are. Etzem is a hard thing to talk about. 
in general. But you said our goal is to align what we do with who you are, right? Exactly, exactly right. But you got to know a little about who you are first. So listen, when the goal is to align what you do to who you are. Right. So in other words, when we learn through this, we learn about what a nesham is. And then you learn it's not just nefesh, it's ruach. And not just ruach, nesham, and not just shamachaya, yechida, and even that. You're beginning to learn that who, who, you, who are you? Your soul. And who's your soul? Your soul is the musical plan that the conductor embedded in your DNA. That's who you are. And after every, everything after that is distractions or, or manifestations or expressions. That's what I meant by conductor. I just oh, used an English. However, you understand that. That works. But bottom line is, I'd be satisfied if everyone just knew it comes from the conductor. You're already there. Okay. So, so basically, our role is to play the music. And Rosh Hashanah, we recommit to that, and that's Meir awaken the Malchus, the Rotz and Primi for all of existence. So now we're going back to uh, Malchus. So we've established that Malchus not The root of it all, the Tchilo Amiti, the true Tchilo, which is Atmos, is wedged in the Sof, which is Malchus. And that's why we say Melech HaKodesh, Melech Yochid. Melech Betorim Kol, Betorim Kol. Because he's talking about Isnas and Satsmis. So Malchus, this Isnas and Satsmis adds this point that, that Malchus describes a certain type of self-contained superiority or confidence or royalty that God has. How does it have Isnas and Satsmis? It doesn't have anything. It doesn't have any virtues, anything. It's basically... Well, no, it's not Malchus of its own. You're talking about the Melech here. The Mid of Malchus. Yeah. First of all, I believe he asked this question later. And it's really not really a question because it's not it doesn't mean you have anything. It's not it just means that you are real. You're real. That's all it means. Remember, it's not, it's not arrogance. It's not gaiva. It means that you're you're just real. Um, That's an amazing lesson also. You don't really have to have something to, to give you self-worth. Yeah. It's just who you are. Well, only the divine has that. Only God has that. Really, in real truth. The rest of us, we don't have, we maybe, I'm not talking about, again, people who delude themselves and they think they're valuable. The only way we get such malchus is when we are connected to atmos. When we feel, let's put it this way, true value comes when you are an extension of, and you know, you're an agent of that source that is immutable. I, I put it this way, look, think of it like Bittl. If you're dedicated to yourself and your needs, as great as you are, you're only going to be that great. So there's a limit. If you dedicate yourself to the cause that's greater than you are, then you become an extension of that cause. That cause is immortal. It's the essence of Shlichus and Bittl and so on, the essence of Yiddishkeit. Why David Huakotten, why Moira Kotten, why Damon Levona? Because we're Malchus. You dedicate yourself to something greater than you are, you become a channel of it. That's what it comes down to. The secret of why our non-empire is here and all the empires fell. As great as they were, they were just as great as they were. That's it. It's what it's it's, it's ultimate. So that so that is a snasus atzmi due why? to actually due to its bitl. Our non-empire is still there. Why? 
because of bittel. Bittel can't bottle that. Because if you, if you worship your money and your soldiers and your money and your power, how it's going to run out. How long can it last? You know, when you dedicate to something that's not human, you're becoming a channel for elokus. That's really what it comes out. Atam edai. You are the witnesses. Secret of all life. It's simple, but uh, we're all. The, I tell you, the Simpson edition is a very powerful force because it defies logic. It tell, takes our entire logic, you know. Because who were the the pharaohs of old? Everybody, pharaohgenic, uh, whatever. Everybody wants to have immortality, the fountain of youth. The secret is very simple: don't be dedicated to yourself, and you have immortality. Nobody can understand that. They understand it, but they can't live by that. Because bottom line is, right now I have a taiva, and I, you know, I want both. I want to do what I want to do, but I don't. I, that's really the secret of life. But you have to, uh, people, you know, emotionally, you know, we say that, you know, the, the, it's all emotions. The only way, the reason we have seichel, I think, is a calling card, because people won't let, won't let you into their vulnerable hearts without showing that you have a little seichel. They want to see, they feel smart and feel intelligent. That's where it all plays itself out. All decisions are made here, not here. It's true. It's true. When you're younger, you think you know the seichel is overrated. Then you come to realize. You come to realize it's life played out. But the heart is a very fragile, vulnerable place. And you know everybody. Churchill said that during a time of war, the truth is so precious you have to surround it with an army of lies. We're very vulnerable human beings. That's why we have all these levushim, as I said, all the armor to protect ourselves. Very few people, you know, you. I think the rebel enjoyed being near kids because it was a vulnerable place. You know, this is where you have no defenses up. You don't have to masquerade like you're some big uh, something. Purity, pure. Moments of truth. They come very rarely. It comes at birth and at death. As uh, who says, Geshem Bepahar, one of the chassidim, my grandfather, my great grandfather said that uh, when he asked, on his deathbed, they asked him, what is he looking forward to? He says, I don't have to lie anymore. And he can imagine he never lied in general, but Am de Shikra. Ramayor told the doctor, he asked him, how are you feeling? He was like, well, also the last days of his life. He says, all right. He says, tell me the truth. He says, my whole life I've been lying. Now you want me to tell you the truth? Anyway, Malchus. So it's not so satisfactory. And the first root, Yeshlemi, you can say, this is Shmoy. Oh. This is the level of Shmoy. That's encompassed in the essence. The Hu B'Shmoy Echod. He and his name are one. Let's talk about this name thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his. Uh, Actually, Nivrael Hayahu Shmayachod. So shame is a name, which again is a very difficult muscle to understand. I speak for myself. I always had difficulty relating to it, like Malchus. Like, what's a name? A name. But the fact is, the Torah uses shame all over the place. 
ברוך שם כבד מלכוסי, בשם הירש, שם דה, שמי הקדוש ברוך So Shmei Chassidus explains, I'm not going through the whole thing here, because, but basically the Alter Rebbe's explanation of Shmei, this is the foundation of Chassidus Chabad, Shmei, the reason is to show us that all of existence happens on the level of Shmei, not on the level of Etzim. That everything is just a reflection. So if someone calls you by your name, yes, it's, it's calling you. But does your name have any impact on you? No. It's not like I'm pulling your hand. I'm just calling your name. So Shmei is expression of Ha'ara, reflection. That's really, it's an example for that. What we have to get beyond is our locked perception of what name means. Forget about how we see it. That's what a name means. So God has a name, and the name is where everything plays itself out. You know, we've learned, and we'll learn again, that Shmoi, remember he spoke about Shmoi and Oyer, that was the Mukabalim, what Chazal Nigla. Chazal called Shmoi, the Mukabalim called Oyer. So it's really interchangeable. Then, of course, there's different levels. Oyer is higher than Shmoi. But for all practical purposes, Shmoi is reflection. But on the other hand, the thing with Shmoi is we talk about it being Peinulatz Musa. When you call someone by their name, you're like saying, a name captures all of you. And you, all of you responds. If I said to you, um, if I want to learn with you, I'm only learning with your mind. I'm not learning with all of you. Yeah. So basically, Shmoy is, is that is symbol, symbolic very much of Malchus. Malchus and shame always come very close together. Because it doesn't have anything on its own, shame. But on the other hand, it has everything. Because it's a reflection of who you are, so the, the name of the thing. So now he's saying, this is, but this is, but name itself has several levels. There's a name that's called within the essence, and there's a name outside of the essence. So he's saying, B'Sheir Sharishan, this level of Malchus, Malch Melech Yochid, that's Mushesh, Ba'atzmus in the Sheir Sharishan, this is Shmei, Shmei Echad. So all these names are important to keep here. So far he said that it's, he said the word Melech Yochid, he said Melech HaKadosh, he said Melech Blayam, Terem Kol, Snasit Satsmi, and now he's Shmei HaKol. Kumesh HaKasim, HaShallah Duhu, Shmei, Shmei Hu. Like the Shalom writes, he is his name and his name is him. Inseparable. A lot of Yeshlemers here, if you notice. This is full of Yeshlemers. Yeshlemer, you can say, Here we go. Okay, so I was correct. I was using Yechelis. I didn't realize that he's going to use it. Yeah. This is the Yechelis with an Atzmus. That is completely united with Atzmus itself. In the first place, Shmei Hakol is Yechelis Atzmus. Shmei Hakol is Malchus. I mean, direct specific, he's speaking now about Shmoy HaKolol, that's Yechelis. Now, if you remember, Yechelis was used before, at the end of chapter 70, chapter 69, rather. We spoke about Rishus V'Yechelis, spoke about Bidesha Manusa de Malka. So, I'm sure that's connected to what he's saying here, because it's similar words, Yechelis. He said that Yechelis Atzmus is the source of it all, but it's not in any form of a Siba Mesubav. Right? Remember there he also said, it's not, it's not a cause. 
And there, there the emphasis was that it's not forced. It's not mukhrich. It doesn't have to be. It's but a shus. Atmos always had a name, though. What do you mean by the word always? Let's get the word always straight. I, 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 you mean time as in like 6,000 years of creation? No, Before that, there's no time. The word always is... I, I don't understand I the word always. Let's put it this way. Atmos does not need anything. There's no names. Name, the word name. Nothing exists in Atmos. Pure Atmos. Anything we talk about is our handle on it. So from Atmos' point of view, all you can say encompasses everything possible that you can imagine and you can't imagine. You can't even not imagine not imagining. All comes from there. You're talking about a different type of reality that we will never fully understand because Seichel itself is only one piece of that reality. Think of it that way. It would be like trying to explain to somebody love without them ever having loving someone. You could explain to a certain point. Then the bottom line is you have, say, you have to experience it. I'm just giving you examples. With Atmos is so much more so. So, you're trying to fit it into your box, right? I'm trying to fit it into the box. No. Once you talk about a name, you could say the name is one with him and not something else. But the only reason we're talking about this is for us to have a relationship with it. At the end of the day, that's the only reason. We're not here to analyze Atmos. He doesn't need our analysis. He's not on the couch. We're on the couch. Let's put it that way. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. But, 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 but he said to me if it's always there. That's what he asked. So yeah. I said no. The answer is no. No, I didn't say it all the There is no always. Is Shmoy Atmos? No. Atmos is Atmos. Atmos doesn't need names. The whole discussion would not exist if Atmos was where Atmos was and there was no Dilibit Achtenim. First of all, he doesn't say such a word here. That's your bringing. No, but what's not relevant here, first of all? What's meant that Eirein Sof is Eirein Sof? So he said, because it's reflecting Atmos. The one who has the name. That's by definition a name. Understand? As a matter of fact, Shmei Kodim is not as much as Eir is Kodim, just for the record. It's higher than shame also. Eir is higher than shame, ultimately. The point is, what are we trying to do? Let me, let me understand. Eir is higher than Echelis? Echelis is higher than Eir. Basically, you're saying that Shmei is Echelis, and you're saying that Eir is higher. Yeah, well, this, is, this is not the whole picture here, trust me. This is where we are here, is right now where we are. There's still Malchus. Is, depends which, which what level of air you're talking about. Generally speaking, air is the is the is the first interface from Atmos to everything. It's going to be air. Now, that, but no, but that, but he spoke about not air. Air is the chiddush of the Alter Rebbe. That because anything else is a, later he speaks that shame is lower than air. Well. The, the, uh, the concept of air is not a level. The concept of air is something that has no metzius of its own, but it's still not pure atmos. Right? And it's also complete bittle. The reason air is a good example because it's complete bittle. But you can't imagine it because it's not something that you could tangibly relate to. It's just a, uh, I said, it's built in metzius nimtza. 
built mitzvahs nimtza in a form of mitzvahs nimtza is air before anything else. You can call that yechelis if you want. Yechelis is very high up there. Right, we're not analyzing atzmos. Oh, no, I was saying the example was there's a woman standing in the, the Louvre, what's it called, the Louvre, or the in France, in Paris, the Louvre, the Louvre, and she's looking at a painting. She says, you know, one of the biggest paintings ever in history. She says, what's so special about this? You know, so the the guard said to her, you know, the painting's not on trial. You are, you know, like who are you, type of thing. God, God, we're not trying to analyze God. We're trying to understand what God wants of us, and. Um, I think the difficulty you're finding is how do you uh, but what you simply have to say is there's one, only one atmos, that's it there's nothing else there's no div- levels even when you talk about atmos, pure atmos is built in Mitzis Nimtza can you explain that? but atmos wanted something okay now this wanting is also not as we said clearly, Nisav is not a desire Nisav is just an expression that we use as an example because we have no other way to express God's, God's desire. So we call it a desire. Ratzon Le'elimus is already a discre- an expressed definition. The highest levels, are we're talking about is Eir, now he's talking about Mal Malchus and Shmoy and Yechelus. Yeah, that's I mean, not even there yet, that's even lower. So the question is, what's, what's the question on the table here? Is there any, is everything, everything is rooted in Atmos. Shmoy means name, name of something. The only thing is, name has nothing else outside of who Shmoy, Shmoy who. So one second, but now he's going to explain what this is. He says this is the level of Yechelus. Let's define what Yechelus means. Yechelus is an expression used, that Samach Tzedek says, that the, Fridi, the Alter Rebbe used the word Yechelus in the last year of his life. In Tavkufayim Beis, he started explaining it actually exactly 200 years ago. Exactly 100 years before Ayin Beis is when the Kiddush of Yechelis came out from the Tzamech Tzedek, the Alter Rebbe, and Tzamech Tzedek brings it in several places. She says, that's the language of Yechelis. As a matter of fact, uh, you know what? Is there a Derek Mr. Sacha there? Next time. So in Yechelis, he says, it was a way of the Altareb explaining. I wanted to just read it inside, it'll be easier. Probably on my couch there. Okay. Um, Yechelis was a way, it's all right. Yechelis is, it's fine, it's probably over there. Yeah, yeah. It's all right, it's all right. I have to find it anyway once I see it. It's right here. It's right here. It's right here. Yechelis was a way for the Alter Rebbe to explain something. Remember, this is all for us handles to try to relate to it. That's all it is. So the Alter Rebbe, in explaining, trying to explain how does it work. In Atmos, he gave the expression Yechelis, yeah. Sheresh Mitzvah Satfila, with Pelik.
Okay, I have to find it. I don't. I, I thought it was right here. Okay, I don't want to waste time here. Um, oh, here we go. Someone said it writes like this. He says like this. See, the, the Ramem Mepano, I explained this when we learned it. When he asked the question, what is Ensof? You can't say Ensof goes on Atmos, because Atmos, a better interpretation would be Entchila. No beginning. Not to say no end. You also can't say it because Ainsov means suggests a spastus, an extension. And Atmos and Etzem and Essence doesn't extend itself. So he says the answer is, is Rotson, Shmoy. He actually calls it Rotson, the name, the desire. Some of the Alta says you can't say it's desire because desire is still an Indian Prati. Desire is also a level. How could you say something a level that's not godly? Etzem. So the Alta says, that's Ur. So here is how the Rebbe Samal Tzadik speaks about it. He says, Hashem, he says, the, You can't say there's any desire that has any type of cosmos to it, desire for existence, that is. We're talking about desire for something outside of him. The only thing you can say is like a reflection, a light. There's nothing that precedes him because that light is like the light of the sun as it's encompassed in the sun. What did I say? He says, Okay. And with this we'll understand what it says. This will understand what it says, that before everything existed, before the creation, he and his name were alone, because that's referring to the light that was encompassed. So he writes, I've seen a manuscript from my grandfather, from my great Rebbe, my grandfather, that he called this the name of Yechelis. Some tzaddik is saying this now. It appears to me that the meaning of this is So he says, my feeling means that the kavana is to the light that's inside the source, that he had, which means the ability for him, for the moir hakodesh, 
to to radiate to trans to to emit when he wants to. And this is far more subtle than the light of the sun that's encompassed in the sun. There at least there's some type of sun. Something is there. There's some light in there. Right. Then he continues on. Says, and it also doesn't radiate. It just has to radiate. But here, here there's no light at all. That's why you can call it Yechelis. Then he says, And even afterwards, it's also a bottle like it is a reflection of light. Okay, The only thing you can call is Yechelis. Okay, that's it. So Yecheles is an expression that Alter Rebbe used, and the Samachsari clearly, and the, and the Rebbe Rashab and others, they make it a big thing, because it's just trying to show you what is this ability. Yecheles is an ability. But it's not an ability that has any shape and form. You see, when you have an ability in your arm to write, it's far closer, your ability, to the writing. Because both your hand and your being are all created. But think now in Atmos, his ability to do anything. All you can call it is an ability. And that's what he's saying is shame here. The shame, well, the highest level of shame. Hamalchus is rooted all the way in Shmei Levad. So let me ask you a question. When you say Atmos has an ability, you're going to say Yechelis is Atmos? I'm going to call Yechelis is Atmos. Atmos has Yechelis for anything. That's the way you would define it. I mean, clearly that's what the Altareb is coming to add, to explain that. But you can't say the Yechelis is anything outside of Atmos. So, for example, if you say Rotzen for the worlds, you say Esosphiris. Now, if you say how the Esosphiris stand inside of Atmos, Yechelis also. What is Yechelis? That's Eirein Sof, that's Shmei, if you want a name for it. You can't call it a Sphira, because the Sphira is Yechelis for a Sphira. What is Yechelis itself? Not the Yechelis for anything specific. That's how it stands inside of Atmos. Is this helpful? What's the problem? Any problem? Okay, think about it. You say you say is higher than itself, right? I didn't say that, by the way. But no, but uh, you could. T- t- it depends with level of air. Yechelus could be air. That itself is air. No, he says it's more than the sun and the sunlight, sunlight and the sun. But you could say Yechelus is air if you want. Remember. What name? The name is not issue here. It's not, are we talking about a name, or we're talking about an understanding or, or of it? Or is reflection, or is outside? So not necessarily. No, I wouldn't not say that. No, not that. Earth and sun is like that. But uh, you, you, it depends. If earth doesn't work for you, don't use air. For me, it works because it's a this uses. And if you understand it well, you understand air. We're not talking about air outside of the sun. We're talking about air within the sun. Here it is even deeper. You're basically talking about something that is not the thing, but it's only reflective of the thing. Right. However you call it. We have names. Yechelis is the way he's, what he's saying now. Let's, let's continue. He's going to explain it. He says it's Sharshay and Yechelis. That's what he says. The first root, it says the first root of this Malchus is in shame, which is Yechelis. Atmos more than 
all your chelos, you know. What do you mean? Everything is rooted there. When you talk about your chelos, it's your chelos for anything. Your chelos for building right. for a stone or for... War not war. I don't know what you mean by R. Maybe you don't have the understanding of R. What is R? What do you think R is? Light from the bulb? Maybe R is your chelos. What is R? R is a reflection of a source. That's right. all it is. Right. So what, what is your chelos? Is your chelos not a reflection of a source? I don't see the difference. Exactly. Who says it's a level? It's not a level. In the root, it's not a level. That's what he's saying. It's not a level. All it is, is that he's telling you it's not a level. He's saying it's the Achilles of God. That's all. No, they're not levels. They're not levels. They're not levels in this place. That's exactly the point. They're not levels. Even shame and order. In the root. In the root. Not talking about the, or the later lower levels. We're talking in the root here. Yeah, could decide not to have your chalos too. How, why not? What's well, the same reason? That's an ability too. That's right? Exactly. All it is is an example for us to understand it again. I'm trying to tell you. What means God needs abilities? He doesn't need an ability. For us to understand how does it exists in a place, we call it ability. It's also only a word. That's a good way to be I mean, it's just that God is God. Therefore, Mamedo is God. What are we trying to do here? We're trying to understand Atmos, or we're trying to understand how Atmos functions? We're trying to understand Yehovah's. One second, one second, one second. Atmos, you're not going to understand. So forget about Atmos. Right, Atmos is not on the couch. So what we're trying to do is understand how something can all be rooted somewhere, but that that thing is completely not connected to that. So it's abilities. That's one example. Yechelis. Yechelis is even more than ability. Koyach is an ability. Yechelis is a potential ability, if you want to be more precise. But what is lacking here? I'm trying. I'm, can you put a question on the table? Like so I don't know what to answer here because I'm not sure what's lacking. Let's define a question before I, you know. I really I don't. Is there a question? A question, or is there a need for explanation? We tried to make a question. The question. The question was. Once, but one thing, one person at a time, because not everybody may have the same question. Go ahead. He does. Do you want to ask something? You want to say you want to ask? I'm not sure what you want. To you, that's what it means. It's far deeper than that. Yeah. yeah. Your if it helps to say it's omnipotence, so be it. So then there's no question on the table. Okay, go ahead. Yeah? Um, that statement just... I, I, I don't know what to say. Now. I don't have a question. Let's move forward and we'll see how that helps. Okay. <coughs> What the key point I've been making, and I say it again and again and again, why can't we just say this table is encompassed in Atmos? What's the problem with that? What do we need all these levels for? What do we need? Eir, Rotzen, Shiraz, Mibikayach, Tzimtzum, Kav, Ak, Atzilus, what do we need it for? To get closer to him, no? to the source. One second, one second, one second. Well, let's, but why can't you just say this? He has the power to make a table. He made a table. Simple as that. We can't make great tables. God could. He created a tree, create a human being. So the answer is, there's no problem saying that at all. 
The only thing is, what, the, what, what, what the, is there a purpose in this? The fact is, not that God needed a purpose, but he chose to have a purpose. A purpose that involves, for whatever reason, with mysterious reason, seichel. Meaning a purpose we could also understand. Okay? Which means that existence as we know it is part of the bigger plan. We don't know why he wanted... No, we know that he wanted Seichel, but we don't know why he wanted so Seichel. So take question one step further. Hold on. Wait, from us was to go to Seichel. Go to okay. From us was to go to Chachman and then go to, to the table. Okay, let's say the other things are, you're right about that. Fine, fine, but I want to jump there. One second, I'm, I'm going somewhere. This, I mean, I've explained this many times, but I'm going to say it again. So here's the thing. Once there's a, a desire for a dir which we know is what God wanted, question is like this, what's the relationship between the God and the thing he wants? So you could either say there's no relationship, he just wants it and that's it, poof, it's here. Or, he wants a relationship and he wants us to build this relationship and he wants us to be part of the process. Which is what we're told, that's the way he wants it. Once we're told that, those two things that I just said, that he wants a relationship and he wants us to be part of the relationship, that's where everything comes in. That's why I'm saying God's not on the couch, that we are. And our question is, how do we relate? So if you're going to say the table, we say is Atmos, and Atmos is the table, the major problem involved. First problem is, that's really a very desire, essentially. And then you're, not, you're never going to go back to the source. You are the source. The table say, I am God. What do I need God for? This, this is a piece of God. Atmos. Everything is Atmos. So the, obviously that is essentially when you start saying that the world is it's just one step away from saying the world is self-made. Man does not have a God. Well, we are God. Because they worship the eight yeah. Exactly. Another, another problem is this. Um, that God, I said the problem with God is not the, is, is not the table. The table may be a piece of God, but God is not defined by the table. To say that is a major distortion. So besides the, the Vedazad element that you're worshipping yourself, you also got it wrong. It's not correct. You can say it's part of God. You can't say God is part of I don't know. Chelikel Kamamish is a soul. We're not talking about a table, but Chelikel uh, Kamamish um, also chelik. Chelik doesn't mean all of it. It's a chelik. So you understand right there that it's not God. It's only a piece of it. Whatever the word piece means. Okay. okay. I'm not going to discuss that here because it's not relevant to this chapter. But what's relevant to this chapter here is the following. That and all these chapters actually, that for this relationship to take place, without one being compromised or the other, you need to have representation of both parts. So if we're going to start sticking the table into God and then a stone into God and then say das, basically then God's going to be a composite of a bunch of details, which is just like saying he's one of them. So that's the essence of save of Kalam. Whatever the expression is, right? So there's a clear delineation, distinction between the source and us. Okay. Now the question is, how does the source get into the picture then? So how do we relate to this God? If we can't take our pieces and stick them in there, in other words, it's not like we put together all the pieces of the puzzle of this world and then you have God. It doesn't work that way. So then how, where do we get God from? 
So that's where the Mukabalim all travel and they try to understand. Is it Rotson? Maybe we're connecting to the Rotson part. The Alter Rebbe says Rotson is still an Inyan Prati. So Rotson really is just saying, instead of saying the table is, you're saying the desire for the table is part of God. So that's why the Alter Rebbe is Mechadish, the concept of Eir, the field of energy. It's not Mechadish, the word Eir, the explanation of Eir. And Yechelis is another aspect of understanding it. We're trying to relate to something that God put, put, placed it there, but you cannot make God a piece of that. So Yechelis is not a part. Yechelis for a table is not a table. Yechelis for existence or Yechelis for anything is not the thing. So in Atzmus it's a Yechelis. From our point of view it's a piece. But, but in Atzmus it's a Yechelis. And that Yechelis ultimately creates the pieces, and as the pieces retrace their steps, they connect to the Yechelis of Atmos, which is ultimately one with Atmos, because that's his abilities. That's the simplest way I can explain it. That's, that's, that's the way we, that's why this is so important in this context. You're trying to understand Atmos? Remember, all this is only because of our relationship with Atmos. Understand Atmos is by understanding what he put here. You do this, retrace those steps, you'll start understanding a little of Atmos. That's what it comes down to. So uh, basically it was the search for the Alter Rebbe is to find something that has no definition, but is still an ability, it's some step from Atmos connects to us. It's true, but Daitzchayim doesn't... Uh... So what, what do you say with that? Yeah, because we're talking about what is ain't safe, and the Kabbalim say uh, it's not, they don't say, they don't call that a level of ain't safe. They call rotsen or kesser, even that is all kesser. That alien portion is simply an expression of divine presence. It's not doesn't mean you connect to it. Without the Alter Rebbe, it's not a level that is connectable. Once you see the Alter Rebbe, it all makes sense. It's true, but look on the Samach Vav Vayelach. He says B'zech Yiddish. It's really from the Samach Tzedek. So let's continue here. And this level of Yechelis is a level of Malchus that's encompassed within Atzmusis Baruch. That Malchus is rooted higher than all the spheres. Reisha literally means the head that's unknown, the unknown head. But he says, how would you define Resha? The Yes, that's what I say. The Resha, but that's unknown. Oh, okay. But Resha, I mean, translate as Resh. Okay, fine. Yeah, meaning head is higher than Resh. In that sense, correct. Yeah, fine. We see, he keeps saying the Shadish Rishon, Sharshay, Shadish Kolashash. We're not talking about Malchus and Atzilus now. We're talking about the root of all roots. Malchus is Davke Mushlashes Ba'atzmus Ain't Save Baruch. It's specifically rooted in Ain't Save Baruch. Atzmus Ain't Save Baruch. Well, Malchus Ain't Save is rooted in, in, in the same place, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is And this is what Rosh Hashanah we transmit, we draw down anew. The desire for kingship, for, for leadership, and desire for the world to commission is Baralel Pedekai and Aleph. 
as we learned before chapter 71, that's what it's called, the day of remembrance. What are you remembering? Like reminding ourselves of the first day. Zikaron is only possible on something that's not really uh, important, trivial, something trifle. Because the, trans, the drawing down is from the level of Atmos that's higher than all revelations. And you draw this down through the accepting the yoke of heaven. Through the souls of Israel giving of themselves, completely dedicating themselves with the, with the inner parts of their soul. And receiving upon themselves God's kingship by Berotzen, willingly, through this they draw down from Atmos there should be a desire for kingship. So like he said there, Zekadon means, you know, you're remembering something. That means it's not there, you have to remember it. Why? Because nothing is Tefus Makim. Nothing has any value when you're talking from the level of Atmos that's beyond all Giluim. That's why you need to, to, to draw down from the essence. And that's the malchus that we draw down. We, we go to know this malchus goes into the source and reconnects to the desire why God wants existence. And now the level of malchus of atzilus has in it the power of atzmus. Now he's going to explain where we see this of atzmus. That's the power of creation, the power of bringing things into being. That's within atzmus. That's within Malchus. There you go. That's Elikei Elam. So now he's speaking Yetzer. Because Yetzer, Elikei Elam, he's talking about now, not Atmos, but talking about how Atmos, the power of Atmos within Malchus. And then the second step. It says in your, in your abundant compassions, That in the, in the level of the name, there's two ways. The way the name is encompassed in the essence. And the second is the way it's transmitted and revealed. It's transmission and it's revelation. Okay, there you go. And the second level is the level of Etzema'er. We had that in the same presentation. Remember? Hmm? Remember we had the same thing? Yeah. So in other words, Shmei Kolobatz, Musa, and then there's Etzema'er. So we're dealing now is that Rachmecha Arabim earlier was spoken about was Eir and Sof. Now he's going to explain the two things in name. Let's see how he goes. Kumashi Kosov, Besidha Shayyam, Kapurim, Bi'inyu Kodesh, Renei Rishmecha. Huh? Yeah, 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 the one we, I yeah, know. Like it says, Like it says, you know, that you are holy and your name is is awesome. The Indian Neda who begins is Galus Hashem. That Neda, awesome, is the revelation of the name. The same thing with Malchus, which has the power of Atmos. That's how the name is encompassed in the essence. So it has in the two things, Malchus. 
the Kayach Atmos, which is the power, which is as it's encompassed in Atmos, the Yecheles, and has also the revelation of the name, like Neirushmech. We could say, that, and we could say that all is this has relationship to bringing something into being, existence, creation. The keich atzmus who behelam is galus Hashem who shabab begilu lehavus. Because the keich atzmus itself is concealed. Because galus Hashem, the revelation of the name, is that comes comes revealed to create. We have to read this before I can explain. I got to see what he's going here. And all this is where it's encompassed in the essence still before it comes into any desire. Okay. This is very, very dense. And essentially what I would say is the following. He's relying on other places and also on what he said earlier. For suffice it to say, that basically the first two levels we spoke about before, remember we spoke about Elikei Elam is Atmus, is Eir. He's basically saying these two are Malchus. There's Malchus as it's rooted in Atmus, that's Elikei Elam. And there's Malchus as it extends to become a creative force. That's the Shemai that goes outside of, that's already revealed. My confusion was, he said, I think he means the lower level. Or maybe not. You know, there's no, no, it's everything, both levels. Yeah, okay. So, what do we have here? That's all. We have that a few chapters ago. Yeah, the Kayache Savus. Okay. Where's Villa? Bottom line is, you don't have to go into deeper explanation here. Whatever he said earlier, he's applying now to Malchus. That's bottom line. That's why he's not explaining it. So whatever that is, that level that is outside, there's Atzmus, there's the Kei Chabayre, Kei Chesavus. It's all within the Savus. And, and the Malchus is also the second level, he explained, what is that? Since Malchus is Shmei, so there's two levels in Shmei. So the Havana of it is whatever Havana you have in Eir. And, and Atzmus, that's the same Havana here. That's what I would say right now. I wouldn't go further from that because there's no reason to go further. We didn't touch it out. We're saying it's called Shai, 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 So we're saying everything is in office. And then we're saying everything is called Atzmus. What's the problem? First we're saying it's in office, then we're saying it's in office. 
No, no, that's not what, you're not reading it correctly. I read it already. I'll read it again. It's very simple. All this is, in, remember, everything now is in Malchus. Malchus is rooted in Atmos. So Malchus has within it the five levels that has in it Eleke Elam, which is the root of the, of the power of to create, the Beira. It has in it the level of Barachamecha Rabim Eirein Sof. And that's the second level of the name as it's revealed. That's it. This is the first two levels. Before Ratzin, Lissavis. Like he said before, Eirein Sof has not yet become a desire. So these two levels are in Malchus, have not yet become a desire. Yeshlem the Madrega Aleph is going now further. In Yeshlem we can say that the first level, meaning the higher level, Eleke Elam, Yalderech Mashakosim Biuri Azeir Bolok, Da, Dibamasul Kimereish Surim. The first level you can say is similar to what it says in Biuri Azeir Bolok, in the Dibamasul Kimereish Surim, Be Inyan Eishit Psiya Lubar. He spread out a, a step outside of himself. Shazel Shedish Eishit Hadibur. To look up exactly that expression is probably a medrash. Eishet psiyelabar means that he extended a step. He extended it like a like a foot outside of himself. It's like a movement. You're standing. Eishet psiyel means I spread out. Eishet I will spread out my psi is actually a step. Lebar means outside of himself. You know, a step forward basically. So what does he say there in Biyur Azair, which we should look up? Shazel shedish eishis adibur shebemalchus. There's a little kabbalah here. So. Bear with me. This is the root of the Asis Hadibr Shabamalchus. This is the root of the letters of word of the words in Malchus, the Tfuna Hanikra Machshava Sechel. Okay, I'd have to look it up inside there, but let me just say this. It seems to me the following. Remember, he's talking here the steps, the five steps that takes from the source to existence, right? In Yetzir. Or actually seven steps, if you want to be precise. It begins with, Right? And so these are the five, seven levels. So he's saying them now in Malchus. Malchus also has these seven stages. So this Hamalchus is carries the power to create. As Malchus carries the extension of that through Eir, a field of energy that we called. That is the level of Nerish That's the level of shame, this Galus Hashem. Now he's saying that this first level, you can say, is remember, Malchus is Dibur. How does speech formed? That's what he explains there in the Biyuri Hazair. I have to look up to be more precise. But speech is formed by Seichel, your mind. That's what he calls the Tfuna Hanikra Machshave Seichel. And then, in Malchus, it develops the letters themselves. Okay. It goes like this. The root of the Aseus of the words of, Mal- of, of, of Malchus, the Tfuna, it's Malchus of Bina, basically. Hanikra Machshave Seichel. So you see, it's not talking about speech yet. You're talking about how the letters of Malchus within Bina, it's still called Machshav Seichel. What means Machshav Seichel? How the Seichel is forming words. That is calling the level of Elikei Elam. That's like the first beginning root of how creation begins. You're talking about a far lower level than what you know what we spoke about. Vayin Shom Shekosov, Ki Avov 
And look there what he writes that the Vov, not sure which Vov. What, what, what is there, Vov? What, what? I don't know, I have to look it up. Is that what it says there? Did you look it up? Maybe. Anyway, the Vov is Zah the Midas. So basically, Malchus of Tfuna is Machshavah Saseichel transmits into Malchus through the Vov. And what's the Psil Abar, the step forward? That he extends outside of his essence. The letters of the words, of, the, of, of, of speech. One second, let's continue. Let's But then it's still, still encompassed in the source. Because the level of Zah, which is the Vav, Within Bina is still called Midas Abbasechl. It's still emotions within the mind, as it's known. This is all the language there. In Biriazeir. And what's the step forward is when he goes out to Machshava Sechel. Okay, I have to look it up to be more specific, but basically he's explaining it as a level of Malchus de Tfuna. How it moves forward, basically. That's the first level. I, I'm assuming this is the level of Elke Elam. I may be wrong. Let's see. And the second level is the way Malchus is now already in Midas. It's already a force of a power of revelation. As we'll learn later, chapter 353. Okay. Look elsewhere where it says in the Maimer, the Damascus, the Machshava Seichel, that this Machshava Seichel, you know, it's the thought in this, in the mind, even though, even though it has letters, they're still all bound together with the expansiveness of the idea. But when you think of the words, let's say, when you diminish the, 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 the brain power, the, the idea, the concept, that becomes already Dibur Shev Machshava. So in other words, the stage where the letters are all submerged in the idea, and then there's how they become actual words. You actually formulate words in your mind. Then he continues. And the third level. Wow. Okay. It's very technical. This is already Makif of Yechida. Remember, now start the five levels. Yechida. Yeshlem, we could say this is Keser Malchus, the EU Keser Elyon. The EU Keser Elyon. This is the level of the crown of Malchus, which is called Keser Elyon, as we say in, in Posachel Yom. V'hine Keser Malchus, Yeshlem, Rishuzel, B'chines Ani, Sheba'ayin. You could say that this level of Kesamachus is the level of Ani, the Ayin. When you say Ayin, which is nothingness, substanceless, has the letters Ani. The Ani who begins Atmos Eden Sof. Ani is Atmos Eden Sof. Kamoshkos Ani Avaya. 
I am God. The Pirishani who atsuma atmusumuhus. Hanesa im atsme shema etzem. Im atsme. Okay? Shema etzem de shema vaya. So this ani is now what? He's referring to this is the level. This is even lower. Wow, I'm alive. This is even lower than the first two levels. This is ani of atmos that carries himself the shema etzem shema vaya. That's Ani. Kesa Malchus. And what's the Malchus part of it? Is a Malchus is a level of Ayin that's bitl, that creates the Yesh of Biyah. This is very, very uh, uh, technical. I'll explain in a moment, but I just want to read it. And the Ani and the Ayin, <laughs> the Ani within the word Ayin, is the Eden Sev that's within Malchus, and that's Remus Hateva. The lifting up, the appreciation, the lifting up of nature. What does this mean? The Teva, Maloshan Tavu Biyamsuf. The word Teva, nature, comes from the words submerged in the sea. The Hainu Shalakus Nelam Benistan. That means the godliness is concealed and hidden. Ach Remus Hateva, Shalakus Nidavanigla. Remus Hateva means when you lift up the t- nature, you reveal it. You're revealing what's hidden inside. That's godliness should be revealed and seen. These are the miracles that are manifest in the, in the ways of nature. They are transmitted from the level of This is makif of That's higher from the nature of the worlds. I mean, I, it's starting to emerge, but I want to read till then, till we really get it. It's very dense, but it's not completely incomprehensible. This is all Racham Aleinu, by the way. And that's why a miracle is fundamentally higher than nature. It's only manifest in nature. Being that it's the level of Ani within the Ayin of Malchus. So the Ayin again is the Mahave. And the Ani is a revelation of a transcendent dimension called Nes. This is all Racham Aleinu. That Kesamachus, level three now, in the levels. So the first level we determined was Shemakol, which is according to the Bureau Azeir, is Machshevus HaSeichel, as it's Nichol, the Asius in Seichel. Level two is the shame that goes, that reveals the shame outside. That's the Psilabar. No, I'm sorry, not Psilabar, that's how the. That's the level, what he says, level base was what? Yeah, Kili. Then comes level, comes the first level of Yechida. Racham is Keser Malchus, how the ayin of Keser elevates and reveals within his Savos something in the Gili Alakus. That's level three. Okay? Which is uh, essentially Racham uh, He's already in the Zog before, now he's going even higher. I know. I, 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 I know. I'm just reading it. Let's see. I don't know. I'm not sure. Now it appears that this is already in the process of Yisavas, in nature itself. That's still in the source. I'm not sure. It's known that Rachamim, compassion, comes from exaltations, specifically. Someone who's uh, more... What's the word? Someone more 
I don't say superior, someone more prestigious, someone more uh, exalted, has more compassion. Because compassion is on something that's lower, is on someone who's lower. And that's why compassion is you find by someone who's specific, who's higher, who's in a higher state. What I call it, a, uh, what did I just say? Rumam. That's uh, what was the word I just used? I used the word I think that was good. Huh? Not exalted. Proud. Prestigious, I said. Okay. That's where you you find specifically by someone who's prestigious, someone who's above, someone who's on a higher state. Because everything is low compared to him, and he sees, he recognizes their lowliness. Like a king who has, who you find has more compassion. Like it says elsewhere at length. That's the level of Racham Aleinu. It comes from the Remus Ainsaf, the exaltation of the divine infinite in Malchus. And also through contemplating on the exaltation of the Ainsaf within through miracles, they they lift up. And 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 Remus and Teva lift up Teva nature neither v'nika Remus ensof. When you misbein, when you meditate and contemplate on this, you recognize and you appreciate this exalted state. Tipul hashpolis halav ba'adam. When you do this, tipul hashpolis hashiflus. I'm sorry, tipul hashiflus b'lev ba'adam. That causes that that your heart, the heart of the person, should fall into a type of sense of inferiority or loneliness. And will awaken upon himself these abundant compassions of why he's so distant. And, and, and commensurate to the feeling of Remus of how much you sense the, 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 the exalted nature of the higher state, commensurate to that will be how you sense the loneliness. He's just adding, Racham Aleinu first he said was the level where, where that higher level has compassion and is like elevating the concealed godliness within nature. Now he's saying in Arizbanus, in Aveda, it means when you start thinking about that exalted element of the divine, you see how low you are, you awaken upon yourself, Racham Aleinu. Have compassion on us. And through this, you draw down Er Makiv. You see Makiv, transcendent energy on your soul, on his soul. Being that because of his shiflus, because of his lowliness and richuk and distance, the Er Elikil cannot come down, cannot be revealed in an imminent way. So therefore, it comes to him in a compassionate way, in a Er Makiv, in a transcendent way. Because it's concealed. And that's also the level of Adenu Zenu. One second, that's another level. Isn't Adenu Zenu after Racham Aleinu? No? So what's Vizayin? You just said that's Racham Aleinu. 
Oh, then comes another. Oh, okay. So that is that. That's, that's the Ramamus. Now comes another level of Makifan as a soul that after he feels the loneliness and distance, and the divine Eloki cannot come to him. Only in a form of makiv. Oh boy. Through the awakening of compassion on his soul, it draws down the levels of rachmat shalamayla. Not sure what it says here. It's a higher level. Racham Aleinu, he said, was. Not sure what he says here. Let me see the kids and how he says it. It looks like Adenu Zainu is a result of Racham Aleinu. That's what it clearly. Okay, the Racham is that those higher compassions from the level of Rem Moshe Ensef of Malchus Nimshech are drawn down on the soul of the person. To rest on him in a form of transcendence on his soul. This is Adenu Zenu. That this transcendent energy that is drawn, that is transmitted on his soul, gives him power and strength to leave the loneliness and his distance, as we shall explain. So basically, Racham Aleinu is the understanding of the higher exalted nature that lifts up. And then that has an impact on our soul. That's our Deinu Zainu. Okay. So he explained these levels now in Malchus. Mm. Let me read the Kitsur. This is the beginning, is wedged in the end. The beginning is Atmos essence, that is beginning of everything. Or Malchus Mishleshes Batmus, and Malchus is rooted in the essence. That's the end. That's the name as it's encompassed in Atmos and the Hupchinus Eichelus. That's the level of Yechelus. And there's the power of Atmos in Malchus. That's the first level of Eichelus. Now, in this essential name, there's the level that's encompassed and there's a level that's revealed. Shimcha Kodesh Vinayda Shemecha. Those are the two levels, I guess. Yeah. Kodesh Vinayda Shemecha. Shimcha Kodesh. Right. V'yashleim, the Kayak Meg Bemachus. The same thing as in Machus. Who can make Klula Bebino? That's the way Machus is encompassed in Bino. Kamashi Bechinus Kayak Hagili Dezah. And the second level is the way it's revealed, a kayach within Midas. And the second level, the revelation, that is Rachamecha Harabim. 
Third level, Racham Aleinu, Keser Malchus, Bechinus Ani Shabayim, Reim Musateva. Racham Aleinu is the Keser within Malchus, Ani within Ayin. That's the, the lifting up of nature. The Racham Mumin Areimus, because compassion comes from that exalted state. And from this, a transcendent energy transmits on top of on the person, and that's Adenu Zenu, the third level. Okay, we're going to need to learn more of this. That's a summary. So basically, these levels, it's a little Kabbalistic, but it's explaining these levels in Malchus. I need to look a little more to explain. Let's stop here. So we did chapter 74, page 138 through 139. Top of 140.